Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. so many times in so many ways people question and ask what is a woman isn't that ridiculous and what folks most folks are too afraid to define a woman and that's why you got us here at outkick was we are unafraid well yesterday sage Steele showed you what a woman was she went on a two-hour interview with megan kelly and just in the most delightful and dignified and responsible way in the woman way, she showed what a woman is. She showed what a true patriot is. She showed what toughness is. And she did it in such a way that I believe she not only kept her dignity, but enhanced her dignity. So many times people are scorned and what do they do? They get angry. They get mean. They get vindictive. No. Sage Steele just simply pointed out what was going on and why she got suspended, how it all went down, and it started with a COVID shot. It started with her having to go to the local pharmacy and get a shot that she absolutely did not want to get, that she knew from doctors wasn't proven yet, particularly in women. I've told you this before, smartest guy I know, heart doctor, told his family, thus me, look, here's the deal. If you're a woman, I'm not taking it. If you want to get pregnant, don't take this shot. We don't have enough information yet. Reasonable people knew that. Sage knew that. She balked. She questioned. She got, well, ultimately, let's be honest, she got fired. She got moved around. They tried to distance themselves from her ESPN, and it failed because Sage Steele came out of this a winner. Let's hear from Sage on getting the COVID shot. I own everything, every single thing I said. I would say it again today, and I still believe it. So I don't want to separate myself from that. Um, but that day, like, I literally, Megan had just come from the stupid grocery store pharmacy to get the shot. That's why the Band-Aid, like, I've been asked a couple times, even recently, is that a prop to, to stir the pot and to get them to ask you about that? I was like, no, I literally was late getting the shot because I sat in my car crying saying, I cannot believe I'm going to go against what I believe is right and my morals and values and what I, what I believe being forced with my body to keep my job. But I knew I had no choice. I um, am a mother of three. I'm a single mother of three. Their father is, is here and he's a wonderful father, but I'm a hundred percent the breadwinner. And I knew that I, I had no choice. And I sat in that car and I, I was disgusted with myself for caving. See, I get emotional again, it's so stupid. Um, I went in the grocery store and I sat down and the nurse looked at me. She's like, are you okay? Cause I'm like rah, crying. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, I'm not okay. I'm being forced to do this and I don't believe it's right. Not yet, give it a year, see what more they learn. This is still experimental. Like just give me time before I have to put this in my body. Um, and the nurse looked at me and grabbed my hand 
and said, this is so wrong and I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, there are people, memo to folks in the media, there are people that stand up. There are people that'll say this is wrong. Now, Sage, people say, well, why didn't she stand up? She's a mother of three. She paid alimony to her husband, palimony, whatever the hell you call it, a lot, by the way. So it's not like you can just say, oh, okay, well, guess what? I'm going to be done with this job. And oh, by the way, there are certain jobs that are just jobs. There are other jobs that are lifelong careers. Sage Steele worked here in Indianapolis. She's from Carmel, a little suburb, uh, well, not little, but a suburb here north of Indianapolis. She carried her own equipment. She was an intern. You go through stuff to get all of a sudden to ESPN for 16 years. You just don't show up and become an iron worker or a mill worker. You just don't show up at a company and all of a sudden you're a salesman. I mean, to get to where she got is a lifetime of work. It's one of the things that as a little kid you dream of doing. I want to host a show. I want to be a broadcaster. I want to host a TV show. Blah, 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 whatever it is. And you don't just throw that away. And you can hear in her voice how hard it was. And of course, people always look at something. Well, she had a Band-Aid on. I got to tell you, I had a Band-Aid on my knee for I don't even know how long. And my wife's like, when was that from? I go, well, it was when I went to QC Kinetics and I got a shot in my knee. She goes, that was three weeks ago. I go, I know, I forgot. I don't know. So people always make it out. And memo to you media, there are people that stand up. And it has amazed me, absolutely amazed me when I've tweeted about Sage, the level of hate that she gets. And it's not because of her broadcast talent. It's not because of what she says on air. It's because of her politics. And it also doesn't amaze me anymore how vicious the far left is to her. All right, the next one is she just wanted consistency. Now, let me explain this to you. When you work at ESPN, there are two separate deals. There is the conservative white guy deal, where you're not allowed to tweet about politics, where you're not allowed to say anything, where you must just walk on eggshells all the time, tweet on eggshells. I experienced it. I was going to get kicked off of a broadcast at Ohio State because I've told you this many times of a tweet that I sent to Dane Fife and Brad Clapper, two guys that we were just joking around. Well, Norby Williamson and the boys and girls at ESPN took it to mean something else. And I'm sitting in a hotel room having to explain myself. And I asked, I go, you guys worried about Jalen Rose? Well, I don't worry about that. This is about you. I go, okay. Well, here's what it is. And you can fire me if you'd like. Or you can take me off the air. I'm happy to go home. But this is what the tweet meant. It had nothing sexual, nothing racist, nothing political, nothing vulgar. It was an inside joke about Indiana basketball. And I had an answer for it. I got a call right after I did my radio show. See, all you want is consistency. Let me give you a little bit of Jalen Rose. So Jalen Rose was able to stay on the air and get promoted through a DUI. Jalen Rose said on the air, he talked about white boy wasted. Now, look, can you imagine we go the other way with that one? White boy wasted. Man, I was white boy wasted. Jalen Rose said on the air, on the court, at the NBA Finals, and I quote here, Jacob Blake was shot and killed by a police officer. Jacob Blake was not shot and killed. Jacob Blake was, in fact, alive. Now, think about that for a second. They did not commit a crime when they shot Jacob Blake. They arrived at the scene in Kenosha, 
after a woman who Blake had sexually assaulted called the police on him. Once police arrived, Blake had a knife in his possession, refused to drop it, police shot him. He admitted, I had a knife. It's unbelievable. So Mark Jones, although he got demoted, is still with ESPN. Mark Jones interrupted a live NBA game and said the police shot Blake while he was unarmed. See, there's two levels here. The African-American level, they say whatever they want. You say whatever you want at ESPN. I mean, you know, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, I guess as a white guy, you can't too if you got power like Woj. He said the same thing, that Blake was killed. So you can lie and lie and lie and lie and lie. You know what Sage Steele's lie was? Or you know what, not even a lie. You know what Sage Steele's hassle was? She questioned why Obama, the president, whose black father was absent, doesn't show love to his white mother. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Oh, my God. Don't you compress my eyes and burn it. She, she, she questioned the great Obama, America's do-nothing president? America's get-richer-than-hell despite never having a job? President? $12 million mansion, dude just died in their pond, no one's covering it, president? Okay, all right, I guess, if that's what you're telling me. But the truth of the matter is, all those guys, for years and years and years, were able to do whatever they want. Anyone more racist than Kendrick Perkins? Anyone? He's getting promoted. Anyone dumber than L. Duncan? Anyone? She's all over the place. They actually did this to Sage. Sage started a women's forum. Elle Duncan got her kicked off of this because she's not black enough. I don't even know what Elle Duncan is. She represents herself as anything she needs to be. And Elle Duncan breaks in to a live game to lie and not understand a bill in Florida that is not called don't say gay. You certainly can say gay, but she's too stupid and apparently too powerful, or at least too diverse, that ESPN can't stop her from lying. So here's Sage on just wanting fairness. Listen, all I ever wanted was consistency. And if we are allowing my peers to go on social media, much less on our own airwaves, saying things that are anything, that have nothing to do with sports, um, that are political, that are not true quite often because the parental rights bill in Florida is not what many people claim that it is. Most people apparently didn't take the time to read it. Um, Then I should be allowed on my personal time to give my opinion on my experiences personally without telling others what to do um, or how to feel about being biracial or being forced to take a vaccine. And I think that's just what breaks my heart is that there were different rules for me than everyone else. Yeah, there certainly were. Um, They started to take responsibilities away from you while at the same time forcing you to apologize. Um, The comment that you put out was as follows, quote, I know my recent comments created controversy for the company, and I apologize. We are in the midst of an extremely challenging time that impacts all of us, and it's more critical than ever that we communicate constructively and thoughtfully. 
So did they make you do that, Sage? And how did that feel? I did not want to apologize. I fought and I fought and I begged and I screamed. And I was told that if I want to keep my job, I have to apologize and I need my job. And I love my job, Megan. I loved it, loved it. Every moment on SportsCenter, the last two and a half years with my co-host Matt Berry and my producers, we have the, had <laughs> the best team, so proud. Um, I loved it, but I needed it as well. And um, right. they knew that, they knew that. So um, I apologize and I think that I, I thought that that was gonna be the end of it because that's what I was told. Um, but when it continued, and there were events taken away, events I'd worked years to get. Um, and I was just told, you know, hey, you, uh, we need a little more time. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I think in anything in life, quite often we say, all right, one more time and it's over and I'm done. Or, you know, to your kid, if, 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 if you, one more time talk to me like that, then you're grounded. If you, I knew that there was a line somewhere I just didn't know what it was mm -hmm. until it was crossed. And yeah. when I lost the Rose Parade, um, which just was a big deal, it was on ABC and it was, um, it's, it's iconic and it's special. Um, that was, that was it. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, look, let's be honest. Um, she got screwed. She's there 16 years. African-American woman who loves her white parents, loves her white family, and is excited that her white family loves her. Question whether Obama, why he doesn't address his white family. Oh, my God, you can't do that. So why was Sage Steele ultimately put on notice and going through all this. Well, certainly it was because of the Obama comment because, well, you got to protect the great orator, the great man. <laughs> and whatever happened to that dude, his chef that died in the lake, anybody got any news on that one? Of course not. You got to protect the great man. You got to protect the jab. We must protect the jab. If you don't get the jab, we're going to say all these kind of things where you're putting others in place. But you know what happened, really? Let's be real about this. What really happened is that ESPN has gone so far left, ESPN has gone ridiculously left, and there's no room for a conservative voice. This started with Will Kane. Will Kane, conservative voice, afternoon radio show, became pretty popular. I mean, name me who is even on the radio at ESPN anymore. You can't because they're all far left crazy people or too stupid to know left from right. I'm looking at you, Chris Canty. But anyway, so Sage Steele... Because she's a conservative, that overrid the fact that she was half black, half white. Hell, I don't even know what Elle Duncan is, but she has a voice. Good for her. And she made a dumbass of herself with a don't say gay. But that's why Sage Steele had to go through all this. And good for Sage. We hope to get Sage on. She's someone I consider a friend. We'll see. But that was a great interview with Megyn Kelly. I tell you what, people aren't happy. People aren't happy, and they're not afraid, and this is very odd to me. White guy, Kevin McHale, coming at African-American James Harden. That is not allowed. You must not do that. It tells me that Kevin McHale never wants to work in the NBA again. Kevin McHale went scorched earth on James Harden. Kevin McHale called him out for being fat and getting him fired. 
after benching him in 2015. Kevin McHale stood up to James Harden. Now, you know this. You don't stand up to players in the NBA. You can't do that. That's not allowed. That's not allowed. We cannot do that because NBA players and their ability to put a ball through a basket and call you a racist if you stand up to them trumps everything. Kevin McHale stood up. And then in an interview, Kevin McHale said, look, I'll tell you, Daryl Morey, who James Harden works with for the general manager of the the, uh, 76ers, is a liar, Harden said. He's a liar because he didn't give him a long-term extension. Well, McHale, because there's always a backstory, McHale said, wait a second, that's an owner thing. Maybe the owner saw the guy go three for 11 in an elimination game in the playoffs and didn't want him extended. Maybe he knows he's fat. Maybe he knows he's dumb. Maybe he knows that he loves strip joints. Maybe they know that. I mean, when I hear James Harden speak, I don't exactly hear Moses coming down from the mount for crying out loud. He's he's a liar, and I'm never going to be part of an organization. Well, you are. I mean, let's not sugarcoat this. These guys and their 12th grade education are morons half the time. And then you add in the strip clubs, and then you add in the entitlement, and you got a pain in the ass. That's why guys like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and LeBron James I'm not going to say Kobe Bryant. On the court, Kobe Bryant. Off the court, absolutely not. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Carl Malone, and not him either off the court. John Stockton, Jason Kidd, that keep themselves in great shape and compete like hell every day, are to be celebrated. Guys like James Harden are a dime a dozen. There's always been a fat, out-of-shape guy that underperforms in the playoffs in the NBA. It takes special talent to do what Steph Curry, Clay Thompson do. Even Draymond Green. You put him in there. You ever see him fatten out of shape? You see him act stupid, but you ever see him fatten out of shape? Hell no. But this guy's fatten out of shape, wants the ball in his hand, uh, kills teams, kills general managers, and kills coaches. Get him the hell out of there, Daryl Morey, if you want. They're paying a dude $35.6 million a year. There you go. Scott Van Pelt wasn't happy. Scott Van Pelt Pelt must just have signed a massive extension because Scott Van Pelt doesn't criticize anybody, particularly African-Americans. The glaring disappearance is in massive spots in the playoff. That's on heart. And who is lining up to give away a pile for that, knowing that if it gets sideways, which it inevitably will, he'll just say that he wants out again. That's exactly right. Who wants to give up a pile for that? That's exactly right. I ain't giving up a pile for that. What's that one? What's that done? You want to play 1-4 offense and watch a guy dribble and try to be a philosopher? Go get that. You want to win basketball games? Don't get that. Back in the day, this was in the article with McHale, and I remember this. You know, it was Durant. It was Westbrook. It was Harden. Harden was the third guy. Harden would come off screens. He was dynamite. Now he wants the ball, wants everybody to get out of his way and dribble the ball till it bleeds and then occasionally make a good pass, and everybody goes, oh, get his ass out of here. $35 million. That fraud should wake up every day, get on his knees, thank his God for giving him the life that he has with the brain that he has, and I got to tell you, then I can get down with it. Uh, Remember Willie McGinnis? We can't show you the video, but big Willie McGinnis walks into a supper club 
and punches a dude out. Just walked right in and punched a dude. It's all on video. I think we showed it once and we got in trouble. But this dumbass thought that he's so entitled. Well, I got Super Bowl rings, man. <laughs> really? You got Super Bowl rings? Yay, Rock, go fight, win. Your team pushed the ball across a line more times than another team pushed the ball across the line. So I got Super Bowl rings. I can punch anybody in a supper club. Well, this idiot pled not guilty. William McGinnis said, yeah, I didn't do it. Well, it's all on tape. Yeah, but what had happened was, oh, okay, great. All right, you're right, we're wrong. Yay, Rock, go fight, win Willie McGinnis. But that's the truth. Look at this philosopher, the great orator. I had him on my radio show once, and I really liked him. I thought he was a pretty good guy. But he's an idiot. You go into a supper club, you punch some dude out because you got three or four guys with you, and then you walk out. They're not going to do anything to Willie McGinnis. There's not one single thing. Willie McGinnis is going to hire a lawyer. We don't have prosecutors with any sack anyway, other than when it comes to Trump. And Willie McGinnis will walk scot-free with maybe a fine because, well, Willie McGinnis is Willie McGinnis. He was a football player, man. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're a football player uh, and you did what now? Your team pushed the ball across the line more than the other team? Wow. All right. It's a felony. He pleaded not guilty. Good for him. Yeah. One count of felony assault with a deadly weapon. One felony count of assault by means of force, likely to cause great bodily injury. Just beat the hell out of a guy in a place called Delilah in West Hollywood. (laughs) You know, it's funny. The lawsuit filed by the victim says that McGinnis snapped on him after he made a comment about USC. Willie's alma mater. (laughs) I got the boys at Purdue, some old forward named Walter Jordan and some young mumbling, stumbling whisperer named Raphael Davis who goes on TV. They're all mad because I criticize Purdue. <laughs> In the end, you say whatever you want. Pretty confident people. Sorry, Willie. Uh, I'm tired of Gronk. I've had enough Gronk. I got enough Gronk in my life. I got all the Gronk I want in my... I've had enough. Gronk is unlikable. Yeah, everybody like... Aren't you tired of Gronk? When Gronk comes on, what do you think? Big stupid guy. He's not Pat McAfee. He's not Tony Romo. He's not anybody that's interesting. He's just a big, goofy guy. And we get wore out by that. Brian Doble wants me, Dable wants me on his roster. I know it. I love to pretend that I can still play. It makes me feel good. All right. You go get him, Gronk. About a couple years from now, you'll read about, I'm sure, how Gronk was depressed and all that stuff. Gronk's going to get unrelevant here in about a year. No one's going to pay attention to him. Netflix or somebody's going to do a documentary on him, and he's going to go Johnny Manziel and tell us all about his mental problems. You mark my words. There's a formula here. I'm not unsympathetic to it. I'm not unsympathetic to it at all. But that's what's going to happen. I mean, how many times do we have to see it? Big crazy guy. I live my life in sadness. Okay. All right. Because no one's paying attention to me. 
Your agent shops a documentary, Johnny Manziel style, tries to put him back into relevance, and at some point in it, you tug at the heartstrings and you say, I thought about killing myself, I have mental health issues. It's coming. Guarantee you. I love this. North Carolina override a veto to ban trans athletes from competing in women's sports. It puts the law into effect in North Carolina. North Carolina put the law into effect, and they got vetoed by the dumbass governor there. And next thing you know, they overrid it. Congress overrode the veto. I ain't mad about it. I ain't mad about it at all. It's beautiful. Look, common sense says women should compete against women. Men should compete against men. Now, I don't know why that's so hard. And if you need to, go make a third category somewhere. Go make a third category and call it X. Call it whatever. Call it Twitter. No one's using the word Twitter anymore. Call it Twitter. That's a good thing to call it. What the hell? Uh, Ex-athletes are defending. I like this. Thousand ex-athletes at Northwestern are defending the university's culture in a letter. I've told you this before, and I will tell you this again. I had a niece that played volleyball at Northwestern, and she absolutely loved her experience. Didn't like it. Loved it. Now, I am sure that there are a ton of people that played sports at Northwestern that had an unbelievable time. But the question still remains. What the hell are you naked football players doing? What the hell are you naked big fat linemen doing big fat linemen thing doing? That's the bottom line. That's simply the bottom line. What are you doing? Why are you hazing? Why didn't anybody stand up? Everybody can tell me, and I've said this every day on this show, that that guy right there, Fitzgerald, in his purple thing and his Northwestern tie and his, you know, his crew cut and his go fight win, golly gee look. Everybody can tell me he's the greatest guy ever. Everybody can tell me they had a great experience at Northwestern. But the football players at Northwestern were cowards. Simple as that. They were cowards. The ones that didn't participate in the hazing didn't stop the hazing. The ones that participated in the hazing, bigger cowards. The ones that didn't like being hazed and then got older and started hazing, unbelievable cowards. Period. You don't like what I'm saying? I don't care. But good for the athletes for standing up. You should stand up. It just makes good sense. It does. It makes good sense. You know, I got a lot to get to today. I do. But one of the things I really want to get to is I want to talk to the Attorney General of the great state of Kentucky. His name is Daniel Cameron. Daniel Cameron is not happy. He fired a warning shot at the Biden administration. Listen to what the Biden administration is doing. They were holding school funding to schools. Why? Because some schools in Kentucky, in gym class, have archery and hunting education, things that kids actually like to do. Now, what you think about that? So the Biden administration is saying, yeah, well, uh, no, we're not. No, uh-uh. No. Sorry, nope. We're not doing it. We're not allowing. We're not allowing money that goes to these schools to go to schools in Kentucky because, well, uh, I just got to tell you, uh, you're teaching hunting. 
Really? Shouldn't we teach hunting? I mean, aren't we supposed to do things like, well, teach a, what is it? Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a boy to fish, he eats for a lifetime. I mean, if you trust the government or you trust what's going on here, uh, I don't think anybody should be adverse to hunting. Hunting to me, when the government comes and acts stupid, huh, maybe you need to know how to hunt. I don't know, be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You guys know that sometimes I see something and I'm like, what is this? Like, <laughs> you know, what kind of world are we living in? Daniel Cameron is the attorney general for the great state, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And I read this article and I had to read it three or four times, Daniel, because I'm sitting there going, wait a second. The Biden administration, Education Secretary uh, Miguel Cardona and... The Department of Education is withholding billion, a billion dollars in funding to schools because schools are teaching archery and hunting. What the hell is this about? It's a it's a crazy and absurd idea that has been concocted by the far left, uh, namely in the Biden administration, namely through Secretary Cardona, to really. Uh, Press the bureaucracy of the federal government onto uh, folks here in Kentucky and across our country and destroy uh, a tradition that has lived within our Commonwealth and across our country. You, you talk about archery and hunting programs. Uh, Kentucky in particular, we, we started or co-founded uh, a archery program for the nation. And so this is a, a, a an issue that is of great importance and heritage to Kentucky and we're not going to stand for it. We're not going to sit back and allow the Biden administration to try to take away uh, these values that we hold so dear. Yeah, and I want to go back to what you said. You know, people may say, well, we don't have hunting in our school. Maybe they don't. I don't think my high school in Gary, Indiana had hunting. Okay, fine. But in Kentucky, this is something that you guys began. And, and, and you mentioned tradition, but it's it's also, I assume, something that kids in school uh, need, enjoy, and want to be a part of. Absolutely. I mean, this is a way for kids to connect and build relationships, lifelong friendships. Again, the Biden administration and the far left of their party want to destroy tradition and heritage. Uh, As I noted earlier, we co-founded a national archery program. Uh, And this is an important issue for Kentuckians. And so we're going to stand up for not only our Second Amendment rights, but the traditions and the values that we hold here in Kentucky. 
Now, I always look at the other side. When something is so ridiculous, I always look at the other side, okay? And I say, okay, they're, they're not, you know. But he, here's what I have read, and, and tell me if, you know, where this plays in. They're basically saying that what is being used in hunting, what is being used in archery, are dangerous weapons. And they're using some 1964 or 1965 bill to say, look, we don't have to fund this because in school, dangerous weapons shouldn't be used. That's the argument, right? Against? Yeah. I mean, look, the Biden administration is going to misinterpret law, going to misinterpret statutes and create regulations that fit their agenda, which is to essentially destroy traditions and values all across this country that we've held dear uh, for decades. And the Biden administration is intent on having everything look like uh, far left communities. And that just doesn't fit with Kentucky. That doesn't fit with our values. And I certainly know that it doesn't fit with a lot of small towns, a lot of communities across our country. And so as the attorney general here in Kentucky, I'm going to stand up not only for our Second Amendment rights, not only for these hunting and archery programs, but at the end of the day, it's about standing up for for our values against an administration in Washington, D.C. that wants to destroy everything we understand and stand for. And we're not going to put up with it. And myself and other Republican attorneys general across this country are going to keep standing up for the hardworking men and women of our country because that's what they deserve. You know, it, it, it is amazing. Um, let me ask you, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but how many kids participate in this hunting and, and archery? How many kids participate in the program across the state? you have any idea? Well, there are, you know, hundreds of, you know, kids that are involved in these archery and hunting programs. And again, it's, it's important for development, uh, important for community engagement. And like I said earlier, building those long time and long lasting friendships. And we've got an outdoor culture here in Kentucky. Uh, you know, we, you know, folks are, are, are adamant about being prepared and, and being on a, on, on a deer stand come deer hunting season. They're, they're adamant about getting out and being able to, to fish and explore and be a part of uh, you know, our, our wildlife community. And so this is something like I talked about earlier is a tradition and a value uh, that we're going to hold dearly here in Kentucky and we're going to protect. What are the conversations like when, when, when you are dealing with, let's say the department of education and you're dealing with the head of the department, what, what are the conversations like? Is this a negotiation? What, what, what is it like? Well, you know, I, I think I just saw, you know, where the Biden administration and the education department are, are, you know, trying to walk this back because I think, you know, folks, look, at the end of the day, what I try to pride myself on, and I know a lot of my colleagues try to pride ourselves on, is do these laws make sense? Are they filled with common sense? And, and, and this regulation in particular is just to press the thumb of Washington, D.C. on the backs of millions of people across this country that based on tradition, based on heritage, appreciate and respect having these archery and hunting programs because it, it allows them to pass on from generation to generation skills and training and experience uh, that connects family trees and family, uh, uh, you know, heritage and tree lines and 
history. Again, the Biden administration wants to get past all of that and wants to dismiss and marginalize communities across our, our country. You know, um, I have learned this from doing this show. Friends of mine that watch this show are like, Dan, it's amazing. Common sense is gone. I feel like, and this is on a broader issue, Daniel, but I feel like nothing makes sense here. We're going to bring honor and decency back to the White House, said Jill and Joe Biden, and we've got transgender folks topless twerking uh, on the lawn. I, to me, there, you know, Hunter Biden, uh, every, every quote right-wing conspiracy, that's what they call everything a right-wing conspiracy has shown to come true. I think common sense is thrown out the window dealing with this administration, and this is just another example. No, you're you're right. Uh, I mean, common sense has left the White House. Common sense has been taken over, has taken over the Democratic Party by the far left that is intent on destroying our value system, is intent on, um, you know, making everything look like San Francisco and, and parts of, of Massachusetts. And so we have to, particularly as a, an elected official here in Kentucky, push back against that. Uh, we've got to stand up for our values. We've got to put a marker in the ground because if we continue to seed the ground, um, more and more of this stuff is going to happen. And the far left is going to become more emboldened. And so that's why I'm, I'm fighting so vigorously uh, to make sure that is going on this show or sending this letter to uh, Secretary Cardonia, whatever I have to do to put a spotlight on the things that the far left are trying to do to destroy our values, I'm certainly going to do it. Yeah, that's why I love having this show. It's like freedom to talk. All right, most importantly, let's talk about what's really important. Can Calipari get the cats into the Final Four? Can we get beyond St. Peter's? I mean, can we? Cal's a friend of mine. His coaches are friends of mine, but come on. I mean, that's some, that's, you know, we got to get them past the sweet 16, don't we? I know coach Cal's working hard and uh, he's going to put a good product (laughs) out on the court. That's for sure. Don't give me the political answer. Give me the fan answer. Like if he doesn't get to the sweet 16, get his ass out of (laughs) here. Well, look, I, I, you know, I played, uh, I played football at U of L and so I'm, you know, I I, I, I want know. both I want both of our teams to, uh, to succeed. All of our teams. I mean, I'm talking about whether it's Murray or Western or U of L or UK. But Coach Cal, I've obviously developed a friendship with him and want to see them succeed. Uh, you know, a lot of BBN Big Blue Nation folks are, are counting on them to make it to the Final Four and, and further. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Payne is a great dude. I've been friends with him, Chris Mack. I mean, I. And and uh, you got a you got a football coach there at U of L in Brom who I think give him a minute or two and I think he's going to do some pretty good things for your alma mater. I think Coach Brom's going to do a fantastic job. I was on the team when he was there, uh, you know, coaching when Petrino was here, and uh, that whole family uh, is fully committed and invested in uh, resurrecting our program. And so I'm excited about the future again, not only for U of L but for University of Kentucky as well. Man, that's got to be hard, seriously. I, I went, I played at Indiana, coached in Indiana 17 years. If I had to go like, yeah, I really hope Purdue does great, I, 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 I'd have to swallow my face, I think, a little bit. I'd well, to- man, look, I'll tell you, I, you know, in high school, I, there was a guy ahead of me, Dominic Lewis, who uh, ended up going to University of Kentucky. And, you know, I went to L the year after him. 
so as long as we're not playing each other, I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of both, man. You know, it's funny. My my high school teammate, he played at Purdue, played basketball at Purdue when I was playing at Indiana. So I was kind of with you. I, I get exactly yeah. I get exactly what you're saying. Hey, man, keep fighting the fight, and I hope you'll come back. We'll keep pushing, brother. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That's the Attorney General of the Commonwealth of the great state of Kentucky. Like, I love Kentucky. I do. I'm not supposed to. And I've made disparaging remarks when I had my radio show, but everybody knows I love Keeneland. I love Churchill. I'm a huge fan of Calipari. I love Kenny Payne. I do. I love driving into Kentucky. I love driving through Kentucky. Uh, I do. I stop at the Corvette Museum on my way to see my daughter in Nashville I, I, in, uh, in Bowling Green. I do. So, hey, a lot of you are on me saying, oh, now you're kissing up about Kentucky. No, I like Kentucky. Leave me alone. And Daniel Cameron is a great dude. And I hope, man, I just, it's just once again, the bullshit, excuse my language, of the Biden administration. It's just, it, it is nonstop every single moment of every single day. The nonsense of this administration, honest to God. Uh, you know, <laughs> and everything is, everything's a far right conspiracy. And then it turns out to be true. Hey, Hillary Clinton, she didn't get rid of her emails, really. She didn't smash up her uh, server. No, she did it with a hammer. I'm sorry. Not a sledgehammer. I don't know. Hunter Biden's laptop, that's crap. We had Emma Jo Morris on here numerous times who wrote the story. Emma Jo got in front of Congress. We got to get Emma Jo back on. I love that. It's, it's all such crap, and I'm glad to see people fighting for what's right. Thank you to the Attorney General, Daniel Cameron. If you are in Kentucky, whatever office he's in, you got to vote for that man. That man just, I don't know. Just has common sense. I should have asked him about the fentanyl. I should have asked him what's going on because it's just driving me nuts how it's lawlessness at the border and you all think that it's not going to affect us. Serious business. Of course it's going to affect us. Hey, this is getting crazy. And I don't know the answer to this, but this Wander Franco thing, you know, the star shortstop, the new young stud of the Tampa Bay Rays, who's alleged to have been in a relationship with a 14-year-old girl. Listen to this. It is unlikely that Wander Franco will play in the MLB again. While they are probing into allegations, the shortstop had an improper relationship with a minor. Now think about that. Unlikely to play in Major League Baseball. Now, I've always said this. I always try to look beyond my nose. All right? So I say to myself, all right, how do you play Major League Baseball from prison? Like, do you go to prison if you are having an affair, a, a sexual relationship with a 14-year-old girl? Now, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'll be honest with you, I don't. Like, I think you do. But it seems to me that people get out of prison. Now, this guy, he was born March 1st, 2021. So he's 22 years old, okay? Now, I don't know. Somebody asked me this question. You know, an 18-year-old having sex with a 17-year-old in high school. You know, one's a junior, one's a senior. One's in college, one's in, uh, you're still a senior in high school. I don't know. But a 14-year-old girl, and you're a 22-year-old adult, you got to go to jail. 
So how are you going to play baseball from jail? You know, we, we've had certain things. Like, anybody heard from Addison Russell since his girlfriend, I think it was his girlfriend, not his wife. I think it may have been his wife, alleged abuse in Instagram po- posts. Anybody seen or heard from him? I mean, I haven't seen or heard from him ever. But this 22-year-old is facing not only a Major League Baseball inquiry, he's facing an inquiry in the Dominican Republic. He's facing an inquiry here in the United States. And, you know, one of the things that we have always said and is always ringing true in sports is that talent can outweigh your problems. Meaning, look, how many chances did Pac-Man Jones get? Antonio Brown. It all goes back to Steve Howe, the left-handed relief pitcher of the Dodgers. This is going way back. You can look Steve Howe up. Steve Howe was a really good relief pitcher. He, I don't know, got like seven chances. He got like, you know, it was like every other day, you're like, Steve Howe suspended for drug use, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, all right, okay. All right, all right. So it all started with him. If your talent outweighs your problems, you can stay. But I think this is a problem that no matter how talented this kid is, people are going to be like, no, you can't be signing this dude. Uh Uh-uh. We are a country of second chances, so we'll see. But, man, oh, man. Ooh, that's a tough one. I know my answer. My answer is I ain't signing you. My answer is uh, you need to go to jail or something. You know, I don't know. But, man, because, number one, what you did was ridiculous. And, number two, you're just, I don't know, not smart enough to exist are you, are you smart enough to exist? Are you smart enough to be around? Are you smart enough for, I don't, I, I don't know. Amazing. Hey, remember Matt Harvey? Matt Harvey at one point was like not only an uber successful pitcher for the New York Mets, but he was a handsome dude. So all the ladies liked him. Yeah, they did, baby. You know. Well, Matt Harvey, he's dating a model. Yeah, it's kind of a cliche in New York, I guess. The athlete dating the model. So his new girlfriend, this model girlfriend, uh, dumps the picture because he's too obsessed with his new job in real estate. He's got, like, athlete mentality. Like, Lee has to tell me, Dan, give it a break. Talking about always trying to promote this show. Always trying to put it out there. More information, more videos, more this, more that. She's like, Dan... But as an athlete, you get obsessed. As a coach, you get really obsessed. Like, I'll never forget, as an athlete, you go to Big Wheel at Indiana, all right, you get a chimichanga, which is really good, and you go home and you turn the TV on, and we didn't have social media, so there was nothing to do, right? Or you studied or whatever, you let it go. As a coach, it never leaves you. And I'm guessing it's the same thing. So Matt Harvey is now taking... His crazy sports, uh, what's it called, Ah, competitiveness, and he's taking it to the real estate market. And let me explain something to you. The girl who, oh, I don't know, puts on no clothes, walks around down a runway, uh, on a beach, whatever. Well, his girlfriend, Monica Clark, said, hey, look, you're crazy. You're too intense. He's just obsessed with his new job. 
Uh, he got a ban after admitting to taking cocaine and pain pills when he was in New York. He's trying to reinvent himself, Harvey, as, as a real estate exec. And his girlfriend, who wears, like, no clothes, drinks coffee, uh, said, yeah, it, it's crazy. He's, it's too crazy. I can't have it. All right. You know, there's members-only clubs in New York. Like, if you want to go see A-Rod, you go to Isaiah, you go to these members-only clubs. My brother's been in, but like, yeah, they're really cool. See a lot of famous people. See a lot of half-naked women. All right. Well, anyway, long story short, this dude's trying to make something of himself, and the woman's trying to bring him down. Shame on you, woman. Uh, this is big news, apparently. One of the gymnasts, a girl named Olivia Dunn, who is making a ton of money, she and the uh, whatever those twins' names are, by taking their clothes off and going and showing their ass. So Olivia Dunn, this is big news. Uh, she's in a star-studded relationship with pitcher Paul Skeens, the number one pick in the draft. She sat in the stands to watch her baseball bows minor league debut in Bradenton, Florida. Oh, my God, if Libby Dunn shows up. See, that's it right there. Show your ass. That's more clothes than the woman ever wears, and she's making a ton of money. My wife, the lovely Lee Ross Dockett, said it best. Libby, why you got so many clothes on? I mean, that's unlike her. I guess maybe as a formal event, the Academy of Country Music Awards. But anyway, my wife said it best. Little girls that are going to take their clothes off are going to make the most money in NIL. And Livy Dunn and her little look, oh. <laughs> Seriously, looks like she's tw- 10 years old. I mean, dudes, give it a break. Jeez, give it a break, will you? What's her name? What are those twins' name? Haley and Bailey or whatever the hell. Take your clothes off, get in a bikini, and make some NIL money. Yeah. <laughs> My wife was right. Hey, look, the quarterback's always going to make the money. There you go. That's more like you. Go something strapless. Go something bikini. Yeah, do that. My friend Jason Allen Hammer, the co-host of Hammer and Nigel, number one news talk show in the country, is coming up here in a minute. Anheuser-Busch has teamed up with the Commanders. That's right. Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> Beer gone awry. Friday night bites with the Commanders. That's right. You know the Cubs. You go to Wrigley Field. You can only really, unless you get some kind of, you know, IPA, but everything else is Bud products, and it hurts me. I've only been to Wrigley once this year, but it hurt me because I love Mango Cart. I've told you this. I have. I've told you this forever. But America's most dysfunctional franchise, the Washington Commanders, who should be named the Redskins if you've studied anything, but I know you all haven't, they are teaming up with Anheuser-Busch, America's most dysfunctional beer brand. What are they teaming up to do? Hell, I don't know. The hell do I know? But I know this, when dysfunction gets together, you know I'm down for it. You know I am. I love me dysfunction. I want crazy woman to marry crazy guy, and then we see what's going on in the world. Isn't it better? See, that Nick Lachey, and I'm going back a few years, marrying Jessica Simpson, he was too easy. He was too smooth. That Federine guy, K-Fed or whatever his name was, marrying Madonna, Madonna needed to marry crazy. So now we got two of the most dysfunctional brands in American uh, beer and American sports going with one another, and I am here for it. I am. We shall see what we shall see. This is simple. 
I'm going to tell you this again. You hire that Paige Spironic. You get that Paige Spironic. You put her in a low-cut shirt. You don't even have to put her in it. She'll wear it for you. Put her in a low-cut shirt. Uh, show the rack. Seriously. And sell beer. It's not that hard. I mean, think about it. What's the opposite? What is the opposite of Dylan Mulvaney? The opposite is Paige Spironic. No, I think so. Uh, Anheuser-Busch, there's some backstory here. Anheuser-Busch had terminated its partnership with the Commanders in 2022, but now they got a new owner, so Anheuser-Busch stood up. We're not getting it here with Daniel Snyder. Jason Wright, who it, it gets a hall pass on everything, uh, he said he's the president of the Commanders. We're thrilled to partner with Anheuser-Busch again to create a new and improved experience for Commander fans. Yeah, well... Uh, A lot of fans are like, what are you doing? Woke team goes with woke beer. Makes sense. This has got to be the worst marketing move ever. Here I thought the new ownership was going to do things differently. Nope. Right back to the same backwards thinking. That's from big boy sports cards. Now, not all are negative. Some are positive. But hey, what are you going to do? Look. I don't care about DEI. The woke, cancel, culture-loving commanders have no intention of respecting America and instead are pushing their own DEI agenda against their own customers' outrage shown in the Reclaim the Redskins petition. So it's all tied in. You know it is. It's all tied in. Everything is tied in. And the commanders are doing commander things. So I don't, you know what? Ah, we'll be all right. Uh, I got to get into some Colts talk here coming up. Jonathan Taylor, the star running back, I'm going to talk to this about our friend Jason Allen Hammer, but Jonathan Taylor, this is where you know things are bad, okay? So Jonathan Taylor, the star running back, and think about this as you get into fantasy football. He leaves this team. He leaves the state. He does what Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck both did. They don't trust the team doctor. They apparently don't trust the state of Indiana. So Peyton Manning actually, after going overseas, uh, went back and did the same blood-spinning thing to get healthy that I'm doing for my knee. He didn't use QC Kinetics. That's the company that I use. He used a different company. Andrew Luck, who hurt himself famously that I broke the story, snowboarding, had to be airlifted off a mountain in Europe. Well, he didn't use United States. He went over to Europe as well. How did it end for those two? Let me explain how it ended with the Colts for those two. Andrew Luck said, yeah, I don't want to play for this group. Somehow Jimmy Ursay gave him $24 million to go away in the dumbest move I've ever heard. And Peyton Manning got cut. That's how it ended for those two. So now you got Jonathan Taylor. And Colts fans, well, this will all be resolved. Maybe it will. I hope it is. But the history says Jonathan Taylor leaving Indianapolis, leaving the Colts, leaving the state, to go get fixed doesn't bode well. And then when he came back, guess what? He missed a day. Why? Personal reasons. Now understand this about Jonathan Taylor. A year ago, one year ago, there were articles left and right. It was discovered that Jonathan Taylor had never missed a football practice going back to high school. I don't know if anybody checked eighth grade, probably never missed an eighth grade or seventh grade. But going back to high school, all the way through 
Wisconsin, all the way through his first couple years in the NFL, he never, ever, ever missed a practice. Now, all of a sudden, he's missing a practice for, quote, personal reasons. Something's going on here. There's a backstory. Now, Indianapolis media isn't good enough to get to the backstory. It's going to take, like, Scheffler. It's going to take maybe Grandpa Polian or Old Mort to break the news somehow, some way, assuming the news isn't too bad to Jimmy Ursay, because those two are shills for Jimmy Ursay. But the fact of the matter is this. There's something going on here. I don't like it. I don't know what it is. But when all of a sudden you're not showing up for, quote, personal problems, uh-uh, and you've been the most reliable guy in football for 10, 12, whatever years, uh-uh, don't draft him. At least don't draft him yet. Colts need him. I assume he'll get signed at some point, but don't draft him. Dockage tells you the truth. Something going on here. All right, we'll be right back. We'll talk about that, Colts, with Jason Allenhammer. We'll get into what he thinks this whole blindside feud is about. Teams he's on as we move down the stretch, including my beloved Cubs. And, and thoughts on Deion Sanders, including, hey, look, if two guys are going to fight, just everybody fight. We'll be right back with the host of the number one news talk show in the country, Afternoon Drive, Hammer and Nigel, WIBC. It is Jason Allen Hammer next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the number one midday. No. Afternoon drive, news talk show in the country. It's on WIBC 93.1 here in Indianapolis. It's called Hammer and Nigel because, well, they speak on any and all topics. They can speak seriously. They can make fun of themselves and others. They can make fun of what's going on, but they also have insight that nobody else has. Jason Allen Hammer, who is the Hammer in Hammer and Nigel, nice enough to join us. I'm going to get right into this. Uh, Michael Orr and the. <laughs> And the Tuies are going to battle. I feel like ultimately Michael Orr's lawsuit's going to get thrown out. Feels like a shakedown. What is your sense? This whole thing stinks to me. And we haven't talked a lot about this on our show, Coach, because the whole thing just feels really fishy. It stinks. There's enough things that stink in the news cycle, and the majority of them are coming out of Washington, D.C. But the fact that already there are some folks that can prove Michael Orr was full of crap. Michael Orr's coming out and saying, they never told me that this was a conservatorship. They never told me about that. It was in his own book, in Michael Orr's book that he put out in 2011. Now, unless this is a Charles Barkley defense where he once said he was misquoted in his own autobiography, that's a pretty big lie right out of the gate. Right. We're not talking about forgetting one little detail. Where were you this date? What were you wearing? What were you drinking? That those are small details. 
people can forget. You would remember having a detailed conversation with the people who brought you in off the street and whether or not it's an official document you're signing and whether or not you're an official member of this family. He put it in his own book. That to me is a big red flag. I don't care what else happens from here on out. I'm out. I don't know if there are any good people in this story. Maybe the Tuies are in it for some money, too. Uh, a case could be made for that. But to say that Michael Orr was taken advantage of when he put it in his own book and now he's shrugging his shoulders, well, I don't know what you're talking about. That stinks. I agree. It, it, it does stink. I, look, I don't like the Tuies. Uh, Sandra Bullock got an Oscar. People saying she can give it back. Yeah, I got it right here. She ain't giving nothing back. Uh, <laughs> The lady, the Tui lady gave me gas. If I was a coach, I'd say, get your fat ass off of the field. I don't want to see you on this field. Get out of here. Go away. Uh, so, I, you know what? They're all becoming unlikable. And I don't like that because it was a good story. It was a great story. Now everybody's unlikable. Yeah. Uh, to me, if Michael Orr had not put this in his book, he'd still be winning public opinion. But you can't have it both ways. You can't be... Thank God for my family for bringing me in. Uh, they signed a conservatorship. He goes into detail. They explained what it meant. This is different than like the Britney Spears situation where her dumb country ass had no idea what they were talking about. The family railroaded her. That's pretty clear, right? A case could be made. Britney was so dumb in country, she had no idea what was going on. I don't think that was the case with Michael Orr. I think Michael Orr is a pretty smart guy. And the timing of this is suspect. The fact he's already been busted in the lie is suspect. Man, I'm sorry. Uh, no sympathy. No tears. I'm out. All right. Biggest news of the sports summer is that the Cubs are actually sniffing it. My birthday was yesterday, and I've always said, if the Cubs can be around it at my birthday, August 17th, then maybe, just maybe, I got appointment uh, baseball coming in September. What say you, Christopher Morrell, ended up half naked after a bomb to win it, <laughs> and I loved every second of it, big boy. If you are the betting type, and I happen to be, now is the time to jump on those Northsiders from Chicago because the schedule is lining up. So the Cubs and Brewers, right? Let's talk about just them. I know Reds fans want to be part of this conversation, but let's just talk Cubs and Brewers right now. The Brewers just got swept from the Dodgers, and now they've got a nice little three-game set going on down in Arlington against the Rangers where they're going to see Max Scherzer at least one time. I believe he's scheduled to go on Sunday. And after that, they've got a pretty good Minnesota Twins squad who is playing for some playoff baseball spotting. Now, the Chicago Cubs, they had a brutal stretch of the schedule Early in the year, they fell back. It looked like it was time to rebuild. Bellinger was going to go away. Uh, maybe Stroman was going away. This is the part of the schedule that the Cubs have to take advantage of. So they just split with the White Sox. All right, take that for what it is. But now you've got a stretch where it's a three-gamer with the Royals, a series with the Tigers, a series with the Pirates. That's the stretch where you have to do some damage if you're the Cubs. They're two back right now. When you look at the schedules with what Milwaukee has, that brutal gauntlet, and what the Cubs have, they should take care of business. There's no reason why the Cubs should not be in first place by the end of the month when that big series in Wrigley takes place where Milwaukee goes into Chicago. Hey, uh, just for a little context here, 
I looked this up this morning. Now, I'm no math major, but 220 <laughs> start today Eastern. The Kansas City Royals are 39 and 84. Now, that's 45 games under 500. 45 games under. That's three, uh, 32% baseball. That means they win one out of three, but not even. The Detroit Lions, uh, Tigers, 54 and 66. They're 12 games under 500. Look, this would be heartbreaking. Like, I'm not saying the split sucks because the White Sox stink and they were lucky to get a split. But if you're a Cub fan, you got to look at starting today, 220. This has to be go time, period. Period. And the rotation is set up. Uh, the three pitchers the Cubs are going to throw against the uh, Royals here uh, Jamison Tyone. Now, he's been garbage most of the year, but the last month, he's been pretty strong. His last outing was bad. But other than that, the last month, he's been pretty good, trying to salvage a little bit of a season. After that, you had Justin Steele, who's in talk for a Cy Young. And then you get Kyle Hendricks to wrap it up in Wrigley at home in game three of this series. One, two, and three. Stroman's still on the shelf. If he gets right, that's an arm coming out. Maybe they can help you down the stretch. This is a stretch where the Cubs have to do damage. And again, if you are the betting type, now is the time to put that bet down on the Cubs to win the National League Central. The wild card is in play, but the division is played, and the schedule is lining up for Chicago. Yeah, the Dodgers seem to be great, okay? So, you know, they're, they're out of this world. What do you make – I didn't really prep you for this, but I was talking about this Wander uh, Franco deal, and now they're saying, hey, look, this dude's very unlikely to ever – play Major League Baseball again. Damn, what do you think of this? What's going on here? So I'm a sucker of the media, right? Uh, I can never relate to athletes, but I can relate to media. The media coverage of this has been bizarre to me because people are so afraid to talk about what exactly Wander Franco is in trouble for. Now, when this was a Roldis Chapman or when this was Addison Russell, we knew it was domestic violence right away. They were suspended for it. Addison Russell basically blackballed from the league. All right, fine. When it was Trevor Bauer having rough, angry relations with a woman to which he was never criminally prosecuted for. Trevor Bauer has never been criminally prosecuted for having rough relations with someone and basically blackballed from the league, pitching in Japan. We knew that because everybody talked about it. Why is it so hard to say Wander Franco is in danger of getting kicked out of baseball for being a pedophile? What's so hard about that? It's taken so long for a lot of these major media outlets to have the guts to say it. Now, look, I understand I've had people try to tell me, well, it's a different culture in the Dominican than the Republican than in the United States. I don't care. You've been in the U.S. long enough to know uh, if you're getting big-time American money, if you are the face of a big-time American baseball team, you're going to have to abide by the big-time American laws and regulations. And being a pedophile certainly is not part of that. So if he gets kicked out, he gets kicked out. No tears coming from me. I just wish people would call it what it is. Yeah, it is amazing. You know, the whole Trevor Bauer thing, I, I always say this, and i said this for years on the radio, and I'll say it now. It seems to me... There's always a backstory. There's got to be some backstory here with Trevor Bauer. There just has to be. 
Because as you said, he has not been prosecuted. People and courts have looked at this. Grand juries have looked at this and said, no, there's nothing to prosecute here. We're not going to put him in front of a jury or a judge or a court of law. And yet he can't, he, he, he can't even pitch in Japan or whatever. And the thing about Addison Russell is what I talked about earlier, Hammer. It, it's just been odd. I want to shift gears here. Um, I love Deion Sanders. I, 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 I didn't really, I wasn't that big on him when he played. I thought he was fun to watch, I guess. I don't know. He never played for a team that I really gave a rat's ass about. But I got to tell you, this was different for me as a coach. If you, if somebody on our team is going to fight, then everybody's got to fight. Most coaches go the other way. Hey, we ain't fighting. But hey, Sanders, if two guys are fighting, y'all got to fight. It's a baseball. Let's come out of the bullpen mentality. I love it. I'm here for it. And it's not just because Deion Sanders is trying to be a hot take machine or whatever, because he's installing some other values in these kids. We've all seen the videos from whether it's his time at Colorado or his time at coaching at other schools. When he walks into the room, he expects you to pay attention. He expects you to go to class and not act like a knucklehead. You will sit in the first couple of rows. You're not going to wear sandals. You're not going to wear cutoff shirts. You're not going to wear hats. I mean, he runs that thing like a military, and I'm here for it. And what's great is that it seems like the players love it too. The ones that are willing to be coached, the ones that are going to be employable adults, whether they play pro sports or not, they are the ones that get it and understand it. And I love this. This is kind of an old throwback thing to say. Uh, when one of our guys gets knocked down, you better be ready to scrap. I had a conversation with Reggie Wayne a number of years ago, and I was just asking him. There was a big fight down at the U, and I asked Reggie Wayne, hey, if you were on the sidelines, maybe just as a, a freshman or a sophomore and you don't play a lot, and there's a big brawl going on on the field. Are you in the mix? I didn't get a chance to finish the sentence, Coach, Reggie Wayne looks at me and goes, hell yeah, I'm in the mix. That's what we're taught here at the U. So the U is like that. Deion Sanders is like that. It's a throwback kind of thing. It's standing up for what you believe in. It's not taking crap from people. You know, is there a line for it? I'm sure that there is, but I'm here for it. Like, I love that kind of stuff. See, I don't I, – I, 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 as a coach, I'm both ways. I'll tell you why. Because in basketball, if you – if, if there's a skirmish, and they don't get too nasty, at least in my time in basketball, we really didn't have a fight. But anyway, if, if you cross in onto the court, even back here, you know, when the fight's down there, you got suspended for the next game. We saw it in the NBA Finals one year. It's a, it, it all sounds good, and I am with you, but if it actually happens in a game – He's going to be playing the six-string quarterback, and he's going to be playing the fifth-string wide receiver, and he ain't going to be happy about it because guys went all, you know, Cubs bullpen running out there when it all goes down. You know what I'm saying? But does the fan base appreciate that, though? Like, yes. I feel like yes. the Colorado fan base would be like, all right, we're building a culture here. If we have to substitute a game, we're probably going to lose anyway to have some backbone around here. I'm good with that. And I'm sure your players, like no matter where you were coaching at, Coach, unless it's a major NCAA tournament game, if it's a random conference game in February, are you willing to say, all right, we're going to have problems in this next game because you knuckleheads are suspended, but you guys came together as a team. You guys bonded. You guys had each other's back. This is the kind of stuff that's going to come in play later in the year when these games are really important. 
I think that's something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no? No? You say yes. no? Come yeah, on. I don't, Come on. No, I don't know. I mean, I know the theory of it, but I've never really seen where a fight has brought everybody together. I, I haven't. I mean, I'm, but I didn't have many fights. I mean, we did, uh, you know, I don't really remember. Like, I don't even think we ever had one in Indiana where guys squared off or threw down. I, I don't know. And you I don't grew up I in the region. I know you've seen fights. You're a region rat. I no, know you've seen no, fights. No, I know. No, I've seen a ton of fights in the summer or in a bar or on the beach, but not in, I'm talking about in a basketball game here, dipstick. I'm not talking about throwing hands. Hey, I got to ask because you know I'm just what? saying everybody bonds. Tennessee, everybody bonds after everybody a brawl. Everybody bonds over a f- All right, mate. My dad, my dad on the on the night of my rehearsal dinner, my dad, three of his buddies, my brother, myself, one of my cousins, we, we, after the rehearsal dinner, we went across the street to this bar that was known to be a little bit sketch, a little bit, and we all put our ties on our heads when we went in. <laughs> and my dad and my buddy, a, a, a guy named Cappy Parada, we put our ties, and we're like, all right, if a fight breaks out, here's how you know who the good guys are. We got ties on our heads. So that was our mentality <laughs> when we walked into this one particular bar. And that was my dad at like 55 years old instigating the thing. So I get what you're saying. Uh, last thing before I let you go. I, I've never things. seen a fight one, on a beach before. <laughs> yeah, that was a big area in Gary. We go, you go down to the beach and the guys from Wirt would come over, or maybe the guys <laughs> from Maribel, I don't know. And dudes are fighting. And I'd always sit there and go, you guys are idiots, man. I'm like, you get a girl... You get some beers, you're on a beach. Next thing you know, you got a girlfriend. You know, next thing you know, you're doing pretty good. And girls thought yeah. the same way. Hey, let's go to the beach. Let's see, you know. I always said girls came to the beach to see if Double D was there, but that turned out not to be true. I thought it was, <laughs> but it turned out, you know, not. To- you were going hey, to the I beach looking for Double D's for too. How about that? Damn right. And in those days, they were a little harder to find. It was before the re-rack. But it was a different time story- back then. <laughs> It was. A couple things before I let you go. The SEC and Tennessee, I want to get your breakdown. Second thing, Big Ten fans are pissed. No longer is Big Ten on ESPN. Now you got the Big Ten going to NBC, which is cool, but Peacock is going to have a bunch of games, the streaming service. They're pissed, Jason Allen Hammer. Well, money talks and everything else walks, and – The Peacock and NBC, they paid a lot of money for it. Your feelings came into play 0.0% when they saw that big paycheck coming down the line. So the games you probably are going to want to watch are going to be on terrestrial TV. I mean, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State, those are going to be the games that are going to be on television. But if you're somebody that's a Purdue fan, an Iowa fan. A lot of your games are probably going to be on Peacock. Uh, I don't think it's such a big deal at this point. I think if you're a big enough fan of these teams, you'll probably pay it. And if not, sorry, you had no choice in the matter. Sometimes business decisions get made and you have no hand at all to play. And that's what happened here. NBC is looking to get back in the game a little bit. They know the Big Ten is expanding. This time in the next couple of years, they're going to have USC and Oregon to play with as well. So it happens, man. 
Yeah, you know, I said this. Purdue, Rutgers, Indiana, Iowa, because they're incredibly boring. Michigan State. I'm going to give Nebraska a break because they got great fans. But let Illinois. Minnesota. Northwestern, Minnesota. Those eight teams, it should be like the Premier League. You don't get relegated down. You get relegated to Peacock, and you got to get better and work your way up to NBC. You know what I'm saying? That's the way that – there's no way the Nebraska-Rutgers game should be on anything, but if it's got to be on something, it should be on Peacock, not on NBC or the Big Ten Network or wherever. And you know people are going to complain about it too. There's going to be that one Rutgers football fan, the one guy, Greg Schiano's cousin, that's going to be complaining that uh, the game isn't on regular television. Yeah, sorry, Minnesota and Rutgers, you're going to have to go search to find it. My apologies. What do you think, Tennessee? Last thing, quick. What do you think, the Vols, Joe Milton? If Joe Milton has any touch at all in the football, that offense is going to be good again. Are they better than Georgia? Probably not. Uh, but I love what Heifel does with that offense. Remember, Joe Milton was the starter before he was ultimately replaced by Tennessee. The reason why, he can't throw passes with touch. His name is Bazooka Joe. He's got a cannon for an arm. But the like a five-yard out, he will throw it as hard as he possibly can at about 100 miles an hour. That's the book on Joe Milton. If he has just a little bit of touch on the football, Tennessee's going to be dangerous again. I agree. I don't disagree. I think Tennessee's got a real shot. It's one of the teams I'm looking forward to. Thank you, my friend. Three to six. WIBC.com. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Thank you. Hammer and Nigel. Thank you to Jason Allen Hammer. Hammer and Nigel, the number one news talk show in the country. That's right, right here in Indianapolis. Nigel, uh, great dude, Hammer, fantastic. Their entire crew there at WIBC is absolutely the best. The best to be around, the best to just hang out with, the best to have beers with, the best to listen to on the radio, you name it, they are in. All right, I got some stock ups and some stock downs, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this depends. The first stock up is the beloved... Chicago Cubs. Chicago Cubs were, as Jason Allen Hammer said, going to be sellers. They were. Hey, Cody Bellinger, nice year. Maybe we can get something for you. They were going to hold on to Dansby Swanson, of course. They were going to hold on to Nico Horner, of course. But everything was up for sale. Everything was up for grabs. Everything was rocking and rolling and get rid of them. But all of a sudden, something crazy happened. They won 17 of 23. They jumped back only a game or two out over the last few weeks in the loss column to the Milwaukee Brewers. Next thing you know, Cubs are bringing in some pieces. Candelaria comes in. Nice third base piece. Patrick Wisdom, he of the many strikeouts. He gets to sit. We got a professional at third. Wait a second here. A couple relievers come in. Hold the phone. Now the Cubs have a stretch, as we just documented, starting today with the Kansas City Royals. And as I said, the Kansas City Royals are absolutely god-awful. They are so bad. They are so ridiculous. They don't even, even deserve to be mentioned. Not even. Don't at me. So you just go whip their ass and you move into first place And you set up, as he said, a big deal. End of the the month 
against Milwaukee. And remember this, there's distractions in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, the city council, is talking about, ladies and gentlemen, yes, they are. They are talking about moving the Brewers. Remember, the Brewers didn't start in Milwaukee. It was the Milwaukee Braves. And then the Milwaukee crew moved out, I believe, to Seattle and then came back. Yes, sir. Rookie quarterback, stock up. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Let me give you a rookie quarterback that is going to be in the mix to play this year. His name is Malik Cunningham. There you see Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, good for him. He's been named a starter. Bryce Young has been getting all kinds of accolades. C.J. Stroud, we shall see what we shall see. People aren't all that in love with him, but here in the state of Indiana, and certainly the city of Indianapolis and all the little weenie media, this dude here is the second coming of Joe Montana. He's a combination of Joe Montana, John Elway, Peyton Manning, and Randall Cunningham. That's right. But let me tell you something else. There's going to be a guy. His name is Malik Cunningham. Don't sleep on Malik Cunningham. Malik Cunningham, according to a scout, thinks, eh, he needs to develop as a passer. Well, everybody needs to develop as a passer. It's one of the reasons he wasn't drafted. But Bill O'Brien and Bill Cunningham or, excuse me, Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick are going to make this guy something special. You know, the backup there is Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi is about two feet tall. Don't be surprised if there isn't a package early and then eventually if Mac Jones heads south that you're not starting to hear about Malik Cunningham. Remember, you heard it first. You heard it right here. And I got to tell you, Malik Cunningham, to me, is the kind of guy I want quarterbacking my team. So is Anthony Richardson, but he's got to play well. And it's not you don't just play well because the media says you play well. You play well because, damn it, you win games. And you win games because of you. In the NFL, quarterbacks win games. You know, starting pitchers, relievers win games. Pitchers win games. That's what you got to do. Win freaking games. All the hype, fantastic. Love the hype. Great. Yay, rah. Go fight hype. But quarterbacks win games, whether they're rookies, second, 10th, 20th year. Hey, let's be honest. You're watching Hard Knocks. I'm watching Hard Knocks. They're talking about Aaron Rodgers like he's the second coming. Great. But you know what he's got to do? He's got to win games. It's the only thing that matters in the NFL. Stock up, Sage Steele, you beautiful woman, you. You went on Megyn Kelly yesterday. And you talked about the horrific experience of having to get the shot against what you believe to be very strong principles. Your kid, your child, said, Mom, I'm proud of you. You're standing up for yourself. That's awesome. Means that Sage and her husband, ex-husband, raised smart kids. I'm all in on all of it. I really and truly am. Sage Steele is a dignified woman. We always ask, what the hell is a woman? Isn't that the new thing? What's a woman? Well, Sage Steele's a woman. Sage Steele stood up. Sage Steele uh, faced consequences. Sage, Sage Steele ultimately won. Sage Steele won because now she can speak freely. Look, she pocketed a boatload of cash. She wasn't held against her will at ESPN. Obviously not. But let's be realistic here. You got a job. You got three kids. You're the breadwinner. You got to give a ton of cash each month to an ex-husband. It's not like you can just walk away from that and do what? No. Sage Steele stood up. And she won her freedom, maintained and enhanced her dignity, and showed that ESPN is a fraud. You know, when you allow people like Jalen Rose to come on there, get a DUI, talk about white boy wasted. What the hell is that? And then, of course, lie about Jacob Blake being, quote, 
killed at the hands of a police officer when, in fact, Jacob Blake was alive. You allow this idiot and enhance this idiot. You allow idiots like L. Duncan to be promoted. You allow people like L. Duncan to take Sage Steele off of a women's forum that she initiated, that she started, all because of her conservative views. Good for Sage Steele for stepping up. Uh, Wander Franco stocked down. Look, there's eight bazillion women out there. If you're looking for a hoochie mama, all you got to do is show up at a big leaguer's hotel. All you got to do is on an off day, go to Vegas. You'll see some hoochie mamas dressed like ass, thigh tattoos that you can go all in on. Why are you going in on an eighth grader? Why are you dating allegedly an eighth grader? Seems wrong to me. No. Why does it seem wrong? Because it is wrong. You know, the world is starting to push to making that okay, and I'll never be down with it. They're starting to say, well, you know, as long as it's consensual. It's not consensual with an eighth grader and a 22-year-old man. What's wrong with you? Hell, brains don't form until they're 25, and you're going to let an eighth grader into an intimate affair with a 23-year-old ball player? What is this? Fast times at Ridgemont High? I hope this Franco guy never plays a minute. I do. Never again in Major League Baseball. Michael Orr, I think you're lying. Michael Orr, I think you're shaking down. I got shook down last year by the Indy Star and some little kid. They tried. They failed. Of course they failed. Truth is always on my side. Well, the truth is Michael Orr mentioned the conservatorship three times in a book dating back to 2011, and now he's saying he didn't know anything about it. Hey, look, if I'm a juror, I go, hey, Michael, if I could ask a question, what is this and what is this? Now, uh, ju- uh, lawyer, you're not allowed to talk. Michael. What is it? Well, you know, I didn't... Oh, stop. What is it? He's trying to shake folks down. Look, I don't like the Tuies. I did like Sean Tuie. For some reason, I followed Mississippi basketball, and I knew who he was when he played. Maybe he's my age. His wife gave me gas. His wife made me lift the cheek and spew out some uh, emissions. I didn't like her. Sandra Bullock was fine as it. It was a good story. Great story, actually. Yeah, I know African-Americans are all up in arms. White people like feel-good stories. No, white people sometimes just like to be very caucastic and help people. James Harden, man, here's what I hope. James Harden called his general manager a liar. James Harden, I'll never play for this organization. Yay, Rob, go fight, win James Harden, okay? But I love what Kevin McHale said. James Harden showed up fat. James Harden had a plan to get his coach fired. So now what's James Harden trying to do? He's trying to get his GM fired. He's trying to make it either me or you. That's it. And look, maybe the Sixers pick James Harden. They're paying him $35 million, but it's not like the Sixers are that enthralled with James Harden. They had a chance to extend him. They didn't. Kevin McHale, the guy seen there on the left, had to coach this clown. Kevin McHale, 11, 12 games into a year, got fired because Harden showed up fat was a malcontent, didn't want to be coached. Now, I'm sure that's considered racist, right? Isn't that what we do? Well, you know, you're just defending the white guy. No, I'm not. I remember when Harden showed up fat. Harden showed up fat in that video that he posted from China. He showed up fat, and he showed up supporting a communist regime. Is, is James Harden communist? See what I did there? I went Twitter guy. $35 million for that. Now, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I got a lot to get to. I got Jimmy G update. I got U.S. law informants' deaths on pace to rise. 
Man, we'll get into all that when we come back. And of course, the lovely, the uber-talented Haley Caronia with some TikToks that I always laugh at. Be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's recap the top story. Sage Steele is awesome. That's the top story. Hey, Jimmy G, you know, here's the deal. There is a bunch of people out in the Twitterverse that always talk about this. Stay humble, stay hungry, right? Now, if I look like Jimmy G and I had Jimmy G's talent, I don't know that I could stay humble and I don't know that I could stay hungry. You're an NFL quarterback that looks like George Clooney. You seem to have all the cools of George Clooney. You seem to be a guy that we all are like, hey, man, I don't know about you, but Jimmy G's pretty cool. I mean, he seems pretty cool. But Jimmy G forgot about the hungry and humble part. Word coming out that the relationship that Jimmy G and the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan ended well, 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 well before they got rid of his ass. Shannon and Lynch weren't playing Garoppolo again. In their minds, he was an ex-49er already. I'd heard that the 49ers believed Garoppolo had tuned them out almost totally during the playoffs. They did not want him anymore around the building. Jimmy G is now with the Raiders. Now, Garoppolo led him to the Super Bowl. He did in 2020. People nitpicked him because, well, he missed a pass to Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, people wanted to nitpick Jimmy G because that's what we do. But Jimmy G was mad because they, the 49ers, traded up to select Trey Lance with the third pick. Jimmy G, no likey. He no likey. Well, Jimmy G, guess what? Was the starter. It worked out great. Next thing you know, week 10, 11, got hurt. Seventh round pick Brock Purdy comes in. Brock Purdy, Wally pipped both Trey Lance and Jimmy G and is going to start. Jimmy G, well, Trey Lance suffered an elbow injury. That would have prevented him. Hmm. If Jimmy G would have not turned him, tuned him out, they would have made him return for the playoffs. They didn't. So Jimmy G went all little batch, got his feelings hurt, tuned out the organization, and then ultimately hurt himself and hurt the organization. Jimmy G, by not returning to the organization, cost himself a year, an opportunity to play in the NFC Championship game and take his team to the Super Bowl. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. How many opportunities like that do you get? You don't get very many, unless you're Tom Brady. But hell, Peyton Manning, 
Peyton Manning only went to three, four Super Bowls, excuse me, in an 18-year career. I don't know, man. And you know what? This kid is no Peyton Manning. Now, you can say the 49ers crapped on Jimmy G with Trey Lance, and maybe they did. But is Jimmy G really this sensitive? Is Jimmy G really, well, I'm going to draft a guy. I don't want to compete. All right. All right. Maybe, just maybe, the 49ers knew that deep down Jimmy G was a little batch, that Jimmy G was always going to move on, that Jimmy G was going to become like James Harden and leave a wake of crap wherever he went, and that's been the case. Certainly that is the case in San Francisco. All right, listen to this. Cops are under attack, and I don't like it. You know I don't like it. U.S. law enforcement's deaths are on pace to rise as officers face increasing threats of violence. I talked to a cop the other day, had a nice chat with Richie Mount, the son of legend Rick Mount. And he was talking about this very thing. He goes, yeah, you know, man, it's, it's like cops feel like they deal with so much crap. Nobody wants to be a cop. They don't. Nobody wants to be a cop. And that's sad because being a cop is one of the most rewarding jobs that there is. It is. You get to help people. You get to get the bad guy. Think about that for just a second. You get to get the bad guy. Now, in my world, all right, in my world, uh, when I grew up, it was always the good guy against the bad guy. Cops and robbers. Seriously. I mean, I don't know. Seems to me that that's something that we always liked. We always loved. Couldn't wait to have happen. Man, but now... Cops got all kind of crazy stuff going on, and it is at record paces. Are cops being targeted? You're damn right they are, and that sucks. That sucks big, and you know what? i tell you who's complicit in it, Indy Star, USA Today, Gannett. They are complicit because they don't stand up for police officers, CNN, your far-left media. Silence is complicity. They're not saying anything about this. Because they pander to the groups that are killing the cops. They pander to the groups that are angry at the cops. In Indianapolis, did you know the circulation of the Indy Star went from 150,000 to 35,000? That's it. That's the circulation of the Indy Star, 35,000. Now, they'll tell you they get millions of page views, and maybe they do. I'm sure they do. But that's it. But they pander. They don't want to go against because, well, the communities in Indianapolis... You know, these communities, they don't like the cops. So you can't, as the Indy Star or as a politician, defend the cops. I'm here to say they're all cowards. I've known they've been cowards at the Indy Star. It's what they do. But our leadership, your leadership in your city are cowards if they don't stand up for police officers. They're just simply pandering. Speaking of this, how about a wanted Georgia man showed up to apply for a job? No big deal. Isn't that nice? Somebody actually wanting to work. What? You say, what now? Yeah. Uh-huh. Wanting to work. Look, it says it right here. Wanted Georgia man arrested for applying for a job. Except you know what he did? He applied for a job at a police station. And he was wanted. So a dude walks into the cop shop. And he says, hey, I saw you got a job. Yeah, we got a job. What's your name? So-and-so. 
You don't think just for a second, just for a second, just for an instant, that somebody's going to look and go, huh, let me, let me put this in our database. Let me go, okay, Jimmy, Joe, uh, Joey Bag of Donuts. Uh, all right, now look, here, uh, you are, who now? Again, you're Joey Bag of Donuts. Joey, uh, it says here you're wanted on felony charges. Uh, Joey, what is this? Oh, man, I didn't know. Joey, I'm looking at it right here. I'm looking at it right here. Now, to the guy's credit, he is 24 years old, so he's an idiot. His name is Justin Carter. He applied. Now, I'll give him credit. He had warrants for his arrest in Georgia, but he applied for a job at a cop shop in Arkansas, and he did it through an online application while he was hiding. He was hiding in South Carolina. Now, let me walk you through that. Wanted in Georgia, hiding in South Carolina, applied for a job at a police station. So the 24-year-old came to Arkansas to verify details for a physical fitness test after he arrived. Police say there were discrepancies in his physical appearance from the background check. After further notice, they found out that his history wasn't what he had put on the background check. His history, his real identity, involved a nationwide search. The next day, there's a nationwide search for this idiot. The next day, Carter met police at the Monticello, Arkansas track, high school track to perform his fitness test, and you know the rest. They allowed him to finish the fitness test. After the test, they arrested him. So they made him run. And then they arrested him, and now he is waiting transport back to the great state of Georgia, where he will be put in jail for probation violations and various other warrants. Good for you. God bless you. Seriously. Don't be angry. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Dude just wanted work. Who knew? I figure, hey, I can change my name. I'm Mike Greenberg. That's right. I changed my name. I'll go to the cop shop. Nobody's the wiser. Justin, Justin, Justin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. You know what time it is. It's time for the lovely, the uber talent. Look at her. She's going to pop up on your screen here in a moment. Haley Caronia with the latest in TikTok. But first, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to the TikToks, we must hear from Haley. Haley, what's on your mind? What do you got? What are you thinking about? What's going on in the world that has you, I don't know, either happy, sad, angry, or glad? What's going on? Well, um, the latest thing on this, the internet on TikTok is that everyone is waking up to the fact that these Trump indictments are a sham and that likely Trump would be indicted for the dumbest thing ever, you know, spitting his gum out and having it on the sidewalk, things like that. So now people on TikTok are joking about that. Um, I'm gonna play you a few and then we'll go through some more. Go ahead. Wow. Blue jean bear, 
I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. Wow. I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. So I don't know about you, but I always thought when I was younger that if you turned the car light on at night, that it was illegal because my mom would always scream at me. Um, I found out that it's not illegal, but I think we're all under the impression that you shouldn't do that. Anyway, it's just a funny joke. And now it's going viral on TikTok. People are making this joke. I'm going to share a few more with you. So... Trump finding out that he's being indicted for peaking during a game of heads up, seven up in second grade. I used to play that game. Trump finding out he's being indicted for not returning the shopping cart to the cart return in 1978. That's an ode to last week's show, to Ryan's video, if anyone was watching. Trump being indicted for the McDonald's ice cream machine being broken. Trump finding out he's getting indicted for taking a second free sample at Costco. Trump finding out he's being indicted for returning a movie to Blockbuster in 1993 without rewinding it. Now, some of the, some people took this the historic route. Trump being indicted for the assassination of JFK. Trump finding out yes. he's being indicted for uh, not pushing the Leaning Tower of Pisa back into place with his own bare hands. Trump finding out that he's being indicted for the 1431 murder of Joan of Arc. And then these I found are kind of realistic. Trump finding out he's being indicted for the cocaine found in the White House. I could see them pinning it on Trump or someone in the Trump White House. I'm shocked that they didn't pull that one out. And then the last one, I thought that this was funny. Trump finding out he's being indicted for having too many indictments. Yes. (laughs) Yes, you're indicted for too many indictments. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people are waking up to the fact that this is obviously politicized and people are making jokes about it now. Obviously, it's really not funny because if they can do it to Trump, they can do it to any of us. But um, it's always good to have a little joke about it. Is Is there a trend on TikTok where people are taking eggs, this isn't an egg, but it kind of, yes. and smashing it against their kids and breaking eggs and people are all up in arms about this? Yes. So I've only seen it with children like once or twice, but normally it's like uh, the wife is in the kitchen getting ready to make an omelet and then she just uses her husband's head to crack the egg. And then obviously they're filming to get the reaction. It's pretty funny. But um, children, I don't think I would um, crack an egg on a on a baby's head. I don't think that that's nice. But um, my my, you know, a boyfriend or a husband. Sure. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't want Lee to see it. This big, fat head would become her cutting board. She would, like, slice tomatoes on this head. She would, you know, I mean, <laughs> this big, fat thing, you know, this thing made of steel would become a... No, boom. I could see it. I, could, I don't like it, Haley. I'm not showing it to her. There used to be a trend where people would throw slices of cheese um, onto people's faces, and it just sticks. Obviously, it doesn't hurt anyone, but then people were taking the trend instead of, you know, throwing a slice of cheese on adults, they were throwing it on babies and on their pets. And then that's where the uproar comes up. It's never, you know, you shouldn't do that to someone. It's always like, why do you do that to your dog? Like, you shouldn't do that. And then all the 
all the internet veterinarians come out and they they know everything. So anyway, there's yeah, a lot of food the dog. related. Not, huh? There's a lot of food related trends. Uh, in my in my world, uh, I'm Serbian. So when you'd go to a Serbian wedding, I'm trying to find something here. There's a little instrument. Let's say this is an instrument. It's called a tamboritza. <laughs> so a guy, big fat bald guy, would be sitting there playing the tamboritza, and it, it, you know, he's playing it. And what you did was, I'll tell you exactly what you did. I think I got one in here. So you took a dollar bill, right? You licked it. And you slapped it on his head. That's what okay. you did. So the guy would be playing the tamborita. I gotta see if it'll stick. The guy would be playing the tamborita, and he's got dollars hanging from his head, right? Yeah. And that's that's our version of slapping baloney on a kid or yeah. something. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. yours is a there little more humane, I think, but. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of food related trends on TikTok. And I know a few weeks ago, I showed you people were throwing, um, you know, glass bottles down the stairs and watching them break. Um, now people are throwing, they're setting up spikes, very spiky surface, and then they're throwing bottles of soda off of a ledge onto this spike. And then the Obviously, the bottles of soda are just, they're going everywhere. Why this is a trend, I have no idea. It does not appeal to me, but sometimes I do catch myself getting stuck watching it, and I'm like, what am I doing? So, I don't know. Right. <laughs> How did I get here? I, I don't what know. The, what <laughs> the hell am I doing? What is going on here? I mean, this is the crap that I'm watching. All right, <laughs> yeah. What do you got for me today? What do you, what do you have for us today? All right, we'll play the first one. the balloon i don't know i don't know i was thinking that too. It looks like it's yogurt or something i would not want to clean that up no no so when you go through this i mean i i i i got a lot of the guys on the couch and he shoots it over there okay i get that right but yeah. I got the archery bow, the football. But one of them had two going at the same time. This is some clever stuff here. This is I know. pretty it's, good. I got to get that it's off. Really well, it's really well thought out. And I did go and check. Um, I did check the comment section and I checked their other videos. The husband does help her clean it up afterwards. So for anyone wondering, that was one of my questions. Yeah. I, <laughs> she get yogurt on her head? She gets to go clean it up? Um. 
I do love a good prank. I love a good prank. I think it's all in good fun. Would If I was dressed and ready to go for the day though, like hair done, makeup done, and then I had yogurt all over myself and I had to shower and do it all over again, I wouldn't be so thrilled. I wouldn't be so thrilled. But any other kind of prank, I'm, I'm all for. In college, I, I used to take um, all of our friends, we would take one of their shoes. So they only had one shoe. They never had a full set. And then we would, you know, we would put all this stuff on their doors. And I, I love a good prank. But this, I don't know. Like, I watched the lady come in, the first one. She comes in. She's got bags. She's obviously been shopping. She dressed to go shopping. Maybe she had a nice lunch. She's had a hell of a day. And all of a <laughs> sudden, bam. Yeah, they have I a very know. nice house, too. Uh Ryan says these are all staged. He's saying these are all staged, and the women and the guy, it's all in cahoots together. I'm with you. All right. I mean, they're, they have a following pranking each other, so I'm, I'm sure it's staged, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, next. What do we got? I don't know what could happen to me in my life to make me this excited. This is how I would react if I won a million dollars. If I won one million dollars. Isn't it f***ed up that you have to be this excited to, to hopefully get a frat that you want to be in, even though you f***ing paid to be in it to begin with? That's why I never understood fraternities and sororities and sh Like, are y'all making me pay to have friends? I can make friends, okay? I can, what if I, what if I go live in the dorm and then just walk over to the fraternity? What about that? Mm -hmm. I can already tell this about to piss some of the frat dudes and the sorority lady dudes off because I love my Alpha Beta Kappa Omega. Yeah, well, one girl is excited and one dude is sitting there by himself with horrible hair, a bad nose, and he's making fun by himself. I mean, get this creep out of here. The young lady's excited. Good for her. And if you did live in the dorm, you're still paying to live in a dorm, and you walk over to the frat, they ain't going to let you in because you're not on the list. There's always a list at the frat house party, right? And the list goes away for pretty girls. The list gets tightened up for dudes with bad haircuts that are mean, nasty people. Get out of here. Go go in your dorm. Go by yourself. Stay on TikTok on Saturday night. That's my take. I am of the camp. Don't yuck someone else's yums. If someone is really excited about something, let them be excited. But I don't really understand the whole Greek life thing. I went to a Jesuit university, so we didn't have Greek life. Everyone just hung out with everyone and if you were cool, you went to the party, and if you weren't, you didn't. I don't know. There was no, like, you had to rush to make friends or anything like that. There were no, I mean, I lived in a house with 10 girls, um, and we got sued for that because in Connecticut, if you have more than four girls in a house, it's a brothel. That's a story for another time. But um, <laughs> what? my dad wasn't too pleased so when late. I called him, told him that we needed to lawyer up. He was not too pleased. <laughs> You were running a brothel in college. Is that what I just learned? Well, no, that's that's a stretch. Um, I did live with 
nine other girls in a house, but we were just having, you know, normal college fun. According to an antiquated Connecticut law, yes. But that wasn't the truth. Yeah, my daughter did that. My daughter, I, I you know what? I, I lived in a fraternity for a year. I hated it. I uh, got kicked out. Years later, I became their man of the year. Okay, uh, my, my daughter had a great experience with it. I'm all for whatever anybody wants to do. I, I really am. But you know what? I'm with you. Bad haircut guy. Uh, you know, ugly guy. Don't be dissing some girl who's excited about her own personal experience. You know, hey, my daughter told me one time, she goes, Dad, you went to Indiana to play basketball. I'm going to college to play sorority. Leave me alone. I'm like, all there right, you go. hey, good for you, man. Yeah. D1 drinking I was the captain, D1 drinking team. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> and lived in a brothel, according to Connecticut law. God <laughs> yeah, bless you. Yeah, I had you. fun. <laughs> I had fun in college. My Catholic I college. Bet. What else you got? <laughs> one last one. What else? Between one and 10. One and 10, I will choose nine. Nine? Yes. Today's your lucky day. You just won brand new AirPods. No, you won. Oh. Well, you won. Why? You guessed the right number. You won. Sure. Yeah, you win. All right, have a good one. Excuse me, sir. Do you mind being in a... <laughs> oh. Well, I didn't hear the first part. What? What? The guy came up to him and just asked him a question? He just said, uh, do you want to be in a video? And the guy said, sure. Guess a number, nine. This is obviously a joke. So the guy handed him AirPods saying that he won, but it was really just AirPods from the store that he hadn't bought yet. So he walked out with them thinking that oh. he won, them, but it actually just set the alarm off. That's the opposite of being saved by the bell. <laughs> Can I tell you a story? Did you ever play the game, that game? Where if you, you, you say, okay, it's like one to 10. So you have a number in your mind and I got to say a number. And if they match, then I lose. And I got to do something that you determine I got to do. You ever do that game? No. So no. my stepdaughter and three of her friends, one of them is, is all American pitcher for Alabama named uh, Montana Fouts. One of my favorite young ladies ever. So they're all at our house. We got this pond in the backyard. That's a retention pond. So it's gross as hell. And they play this game. And it's if I guess the same number that they wrote down, one to 10, then I got to go jump in this retention pond. It's like 10 o'clock at night. So I lose. So I look around and I'm like, ah, crap, right? I mean, you can't punk out. So in fully clothed, I run. I jump in this detention pond. I smell like a combination of bad feet, dirt, ass, you name it. And I get out and I'm a hero, but that's what that game reminded me of. It's like, it's a dumb game. I lost. And by the way, I'm picking video number one, staged or not staged. I kind of liked it. And I hated the guy in video number two. And the over-steroided guy I didn't like either. <laughs> I win again. That's I yours? Think Two or three weeks in a row. I'm on a streak. You're on a roll. You had a little dry spell there for a minute. You started I really out, did. I remember. You had a little dry. 
Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. really and did. Now you're that. back in business. <laughs> Go Haley, home to mommy. Have a great weekend. Go home. Oh, Bye. Go it's home to mommy. Where's mom? Mom, is she here? Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Where's mom? Mom, is she here? Go home to mom. Oh, I love compilations like that. Have you ever seen the one? Um, have you ever seen the one where Trump was on the campaign trail in 2016 and he could not say, could not stop saying the word bing, 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 bing. Everything was bing, bing, bing. And he was talking about the military and he'd be like, bing, bing, bing. And then he'd talk about sending emails and he'd be like, bing, bing, bing. I have to do that one next week. You'll love it. That's I a love that stuff. I love Trump stuff. Go yeah. home to mommy. Where's mommy? Dale's mommy. Uh, Nick told me that was his video and he's very proud of that video. Haley, our time here is done. Have a great weekend and thank you. You too. Happy belated. Thank you. What a great week we had a guest. Continue to like and subscribe and to watch. But mostly have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy yourself. Summer is winding down. Football is getting ready to start. Enjoy your weekend, huh? and thank you for watching.